This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large at Mississippi Today. You know, 2020, well, in years to come, we're going to be thinking of that as the year of the pandemic. It was that year that, well, it shifted our comfort zones and really, truly in more ways than we ever could have imagined. And really, it's the year that we're all part of that one day will be told in history. So today we're reflecting on what we learned in 2020 and what we want out of 2021. And we're going to have great guests on today. We've got a couple of the well, they've all been were on last year, and I think I, we just wanted to really get them on because I felt like that they all have dealt with a lot of stuff this year and we could have a lot of wisdom. We have restaurateurs Robert St. John and Jeff Good. They're going to be joining us. And then later on, investigative reporter and award-winning journalist Jerry Mitchell. Plus, we want to hear from you because it's your show. So we want to so give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And tell us what you learned in 2020 and what your resolutions are for 2021. Michelle, I know we're going to get Robert on here just real promptly because we want to give everybody as much time as possible. I know 2021 was a year of change for both of us and uh, some good changes and some tough changes. Uh, I'm very grateful for you. I'm looking forward to 2021 and, and growing the show and bringing on a lot of great guests, and you're a big part of it. So I just want to say thank you before we really get going in the year. Yes, yes. We had a wonderful year. Uh, I say wonderful because a lot of people learned some things. I can't wait to talk to our guests to see what they learned about um, yeah. 2020, what they learned out of 2020 and what they want out of 2021. Me, I learned how to um, d- uh, appreciate the small things. I can say that one of my biggest takeaways was appreciating the small things, appreciate uh, the people that I love and the people that love me and um, don't take things for granted. That's what I learned. Amen. If you have not seen the movie Soul, it's on Disney Plus. It is definitely a good viewing, especially after 2020. It really kind of teaches you that, that basically uh, the spark that we have in life are the little things like that. And, and if you go to my Facebook page, I'll just send you there. I did 25 things that I learned this year. And really, we just don't have time for me to read all 25 of them. But um, I felt like that, that was one of the big things. I, I was very grateful that I got to spend an awful lot of time with my family in the last year. And I think that kind of woke me up and made me realize that even though I love what I do and I'm, I'm going to continue to try to get as good at it as possible, I'm going to make sure that I put my focus where it's most important, and that's to my family. I understand. And you're right. A lot of people lost loved ones. I mean, one day you're talking to them, the next day they're gone. Those things can really wake you up. Uh, We had some new innovations. That's what I'm really looking forward to talking to our guests to see what they implemented in 2020 in their businesses and what they're going to move forward with and what new we had technology that we've never used before in school systems and things like that. So a lot of new interventions or uh, inventions that we had to just come up with took place in 2020. So when they say year of clear vision, I believe we still can say that we our eyes were, were open to a lot of things. Well, I can tell you, 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 and I can just tell you in my own life, uh, number one, I never thought I'd be doing a radio show via Skype. 
from my master bathroom. You know, I mean, th- I mean, obviously the the world has changed so much because of the virus and because of what we need to do to stay safe from it as well. I did a interview with WJTV last week and I was wearing a suit jacket, a shirt and a pair of shorts on Skype from my house, from my <laughs> kitchen, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a whole different world out there. And, um, but that said, the reason why I'm just so glad that we have the guests on that we do is they've all have kind of basically had to reinvent so many parts of their businesses and their lives. And so I think they're going to really provide an awful lot of wisdom. Yes. And he's here with us right now. <laughs> Robert, good to talk to you, my friend. It's been a long time and, um, I'm glad we could catch up here on the air. Hey, Marshall. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Happy New Year. Congratulations. I know you have, um, I've been seeing the pictures of El Rayo and down in Hattiesburg, and I'm really excited for that, and I can't wait to go visit it the next time I'm coming through town. We look forward to feeding you some uh, Tex-Mex food there. <laughs> you know, that, that'll be a good thing, and I'm also excited about Ed's and Jackson, which I know is, is well on its way of coming around, too. So uh, I felt like before we got going too much into some of the rough t- stuff from 2020, I know you have a lot of good stuff that are coming up in the future. And I just wanted to bring that up right away. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, uh, we're under construction in Pondron. So that'll, uh, that'll happen. Hopefully by the fall, we got phase one and phase two. Uh, phase one is uh, we're redoing the Capri theater, uh, bringing in recliners and full bar and appetizers doing first run in classic movies and next door to that uh, they're on north state we're building a 10 lane bowling alley with a restaurant and bar and then a, a small little tiki bar and then in phase two which uh, hopefully will open about this time next year uh, we're bringing up an ed's burger joint uh, in the old texaco station there where uh, i think butterfly yoga was the last rest and we're, we're doing a lot of work on that building adding a lot to it but keeping the true uh, character of that 1940s model uh, Texaco station alive and that Ed's Burger Joint's going to be really cool and they'll have a rooftop bar. And so we're, we're excited about that. It's been four years in the making and had to go on uh, hold there for a minute during this COVID crisis, but uh, we're, we're back rolling. You know, it's, if for those of the people around the state that may not be familiar with that part of Fondren, you've probably seen it in a movie because they use it a lot as a backdrop, particularly in movies that are set in the 60s and the 50s. But like, for instance, the Capri Theater, we did a TED Talk there a few years ago, and it's just an empty shell. So it's in a historic theater. So it's really going to be cool with the plans that you have. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's just going to really be another uh, crown jewel in that whole neighborhood. Well, we're excited, too. I've, I've always said that Fondren is the coolest neighborhood and the biggest city in the state. And uh, that uh, the, the Capri and that uh, old Texaco station were used in the movie The Help. Uh, yeah. They kind of brought it back, at least the exterior, to look a little like that old Texaco. We're going to take that and, and take it even farther. How you doing? I just wanted to check. I mean, I want to check in on you personally because, I mean, I know last year was a tough year. Yeah, it's uh, certainly the, the worst time in the history of the restaurant business to be in the restaurant business. But Unbelievable, yeah. Sitting around and moping about that's not going to do any good. <laughs> so, we, you know, we've just tried to kind of roll with the punches and take things as they have come and tried to live in the solution. And that's been my mantra uh, since March is just live in the solution. Don't focus on the problem uh, other than, you know, what, what can we do about the problem to keep moving forward and, and keep our people? We, uh, 
when this thing hit in March, we had about 300 employees and we had six restaurants and two bars that, you know, I'd spent building up since 1987. And today we're sitting here with uh, four restaurants and one bar, but about to open a new restaurant. So that'll help purple period, which was our fine dining restaurant opened in 87, kind of the, the flagship of our group, uh, it was apparent uh, once this stuff hit and we, we, we shut down that that business model really wasn't going to work going forward. And Branch, the cocktail bar, which is a really upscale place, uh, was kind of the same. And I had been working on a Tex-Mex concept for about two years, and I was going to do it at another uh, off-site location with a lot of outdoor bar seating. I was, I, was doing, I was doing a bunch of outdoor before I you know knew we needed to do outdoor, but – um, and so when we closed the parrot, I, uh, I said, you know what, why don't we just do the Tex-Mex concept here? I mean, I own the building, so it makes more sense. And, and we went from there and it actually started coming together pretty quick. I think, I hope we're going to open within about a week. We've been, uh, working on it. I took, uh, the opportunity uh, during this shutdown and, uh, all of our restaurants were in various states of shutdown. Midtown are our kind of local you know, breakfast, lunch, diner, it was closed for about four months. Uh, Tabella, our Italian restaurant, uh, never closed. Uh, we we did carry, it, carry out only for a long time. And the other ones were in different versions, but especially the building that houses Crescent City Grill, Mahogany Bar, and the upcoming uh, El Rio, uh, that building was built as a dress shop in 1975, and we've been in it since 87, and there's we only closed five days a year for the last 33 years. So we, uh, we took that opportunity to get a lot of work done. We've added a new private dining room, spruced up the offices, you know, added, added some stuff for the customers. It's been, you know, there's, like you said, I think uh, there's been silver linings in this the, the whole time. My, my son, who was off uh, as a sophomore at Mississippi State, well, actually, he was a freshman when this happened uh, last spring. He came home, and my daughter uh, was home uh, studying at USM, so the four of us were all together in the house again, uh, which uh, was one thing we never thought we would have. And when I look back on those days, really, it's a lot of fond memories of, of us just kind of, you know, having we had theme night dinners and spent a lot of time together. And I, I wrote about this last week that I can remember when Katrina came through and Katrina wiped out Hattiesburg pretty good because the taproot of the southern yellow pine doesn't really hold up to 100 mile an hour winds. I think we lost about 40 percent of the pine timber between the coast and here. But if you ask my son about that, and he was four or five at the time, he said, "Oh yeah, that's the time we got to we got to camp out in the in the den, you know, and sleep in sleeping bags." It was all all positive to him, and I have those same uh, memories from Hurricane Camille uh, when it came through. I, I should remember, you know, camping out in the backyard with my mom and brother. But um, so my memories today, sitting here looking back least of the family are, are all positive that we were together and spent a lot of a lot of quality time together uh, my my main focus business wise immediately was what what can we do to keep these 300 people you know uh, afloat and so i filed a mass unemployment uh, claim with the state for all of them uh that that weren't going to qualify in in the ppp it just got everybody taken care of right away because that it's that's a challenging thing for some people 
that don't necessarily have resources to, you know, they were, uh, state was busy trying to, you know, answer phone calls and stuff. And so we just did one big mass claim and, and filed it for them. And that was our focus is just the health and safety of, of our employees from day one. And we've been pretty blessed. Uh, there've been a few occasions here and there where, uh, you know, employees have, uh, gotten this virus but they've all you know we've done the responsible thing from day one and 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 they have too and um you know we're we're chugging along we you know we're following all the cdc and mississippi department of health guidelines uh, for what restaurants need to do and uh chugging along doing what we can you know it's uh it's not great business right now i think uh, a lot of people have the the misnomer or misconception that um you know, restaurants can survive doing carryout, and that's just not the case. But um, fast food and national chains uh, seem to be doing well. They have, uh, you know, access to capital and other things like that. Well, that's why I know, you know it's been fun actually seeing you on national television. I mean, I've known you a long time. So it's like I turn on the TV and there's on Fox and well, there's Robert. Yay. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> y- you have been helping support. Um, some legislation that Senator Wicker wrote that has actually had support from both sides of the aisle, from both the House and the Senate. Um, but it, you know, it needs to get out there. But it was to specifically help the restaurant business. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm in the speaking business. I have spoken once in the last year. You know, I mean, so anybody that does anything that deals with people, and uh, there's really no industry more than bars and restaurants that deal with people uh, being together. Um, so, you know, what the point of the legislation was, was the fact that you guys basically need, you, you don't need a handout as much as you need a life raft. You need something to get you between today, January 4th, and the day that enough people get vaccinated that everybody feels good about coming back in and eating a good meal and hanging out the way that we all want to do so desperately. What's the status on that? And, and talk about what it's going to take for to be able to get the kind of help that y'all need to be able to get through this. Yeah, Fox News kept calling me back despite uh, this space made for radio, which uh, <laughs> which I'm doing fine uh, today here, Marshall. Uh, you're doing great. <laughs> um, yeah, Senator Wicker uh, took a lead on this, and uh, there was a congressman from uh, Oregon named Earl Blumenauer who introduced a, a version of the Restaurants Act in the House, and it passed pretty handily. Although not with necessarily with strong bipartisan support, and Senator Wicker early on saw the need and took the lead, and, and as chairman of, of Commerce Committee, which is which is strong, um, he introduced the Senate version. And as of uh, December, when we were still uh, working on this thing, we had 53 senators on board, and it's a bipartisan effort. I mean, we had Chuck Schumer, and you know. Dick Durbin on one side, and you got John Cornyn and Lindsey Graham on the other side. I mean, it was true bipartisan support from 53 senators. And the Restaurants Act would would uh, really just save restaurants. PPP is kind of a – it helps a little, but it's a bridge. And, you know, the restaurant industry, if you just take in the scale – Independent restaurants, and I'm not talking about chains and, and uh, fast food franchises or anything, just independent restaurants, mom and pops like mine, and Jeff Good's restaurants in Jackson and John Currence's restaurants and 
you know, the little little small cafes and diners, just independent. We employ 11 million people across the country. It's the number two industry. Independent restaurants are the number two industry behind healthcare. There are another 5 million people who are have ancillary jobs like farmers and fishermen and, and growers and, and suppliers and people like that. So you're talking about 16 million people who've been severely uh, affected by this. It's like one in six restaurants have already closed. And the estimate is 85% may close permanently. You said it yourself. It's it's a, it's an industry that is uh, specific. Uh, we were down 2 million jobs almost uh, you know, by November. And so when you look, airlines have gotten industry-specific aid twice, uh, once in April and then once again on this last bill. But the airline industry employs 700,000 people. So you're looking at 16 million versus 700,000, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But but the thing is, restaurants are a unique business model. And I know I know I'm not telling you anything, but just to your listeners, you know, if somebody owns a, a boutique or a sporting goods store, then you know they open at nine in the morning, they close at nine at night, and then all through the day, customers trickle in and, and buy their goods, spend money. Restaurant opens at 11 in the morning. And so really from about 11.30 to 1, you've got this 90-minute window to make sales. And then at dinner, depending on what part of the country around here, like 6 to 7.30, that's the meat. You've got another 90-minute window. So it's really three hours a day. And then when you're down to 50% seating capacity, you know, it just doesn't. And, and everything a restaurateur bases his whole business model on seating capacity. Everything is based on seating. You know, you determine what your management salaries are going to be, what your bank payment is going to be, what your rent payment or your mortgage payment is going to be. Everything has to do with the number of tables, number of times you can turn those tables. And so when you cut that by 50%, it's the reason restaurants are just dropping like flies. And so Senator Wicker's version of the Restaurants Act, I mean, it's big. It's, it's a $120 billion deal. But, I mean, you know, that, that's how crazy these times are. I've been on the phone with people since May uh, all over Washington talking about $120 billion, and nobody's laughing. It's just it's just yeah. kind of crazy. But that's this once-in-a-100-year event that we just need to get through on the other side because independent restaurants are what make up communities. Not only are we the entry-level occupation for people. Most people getting off of government assistance, when they get off of government assistance, a lot of times they're they're introduced into the restaurant business. Uh, a lot of people's first time job, whether it's a summer job or whatever. I know Amy worked uh, worked in uh, food service mm-hmm. and and I certainly did uh, when uh, when I was younger, but you know, it's also kind of the American dream. You, you take Steve and Stacy uh, Andrews over at Tabella, our Italian restaurant. He started with me as a busboy, I mean, as a prep cook in 1987. She started as a hostess. They met and married and then got into management, and now they own a third of the business. I mean, that's that's the American dream. They, you can start at the bottom in the restaurant business. I did. And uh, and you can work your way up. You can be an owner. You can create jobs. 
And and that's the thing about independent restaurants. And I don't want to get too too down on chain restaurants or anything like that, but people right now really need to be supporting and eating locally in, in local uh, independently owned restaurants. That's what makes it. When I when I travel, I go down to the lobby of the hotel and I say, I want to I want to eat. I want to find the breakfast place that's uh, independent, and I want where the old men are drinking coffee and talking sports and politics. And that's where I want. And when I go to that place, that's what tells me about whatever town I'm in. You know, it's not the chain restaurant at the interstate uh, intersection that in Jackson, it looks like the same one in Peoria. I mean, that tells you nothing about the town you're in. Restaurants do that. And, and restaurants are the place where people, you know, gather to share a meal. And it's one of the things we, we do most often when people get together and share a meal. I bet if you look back, it's the most memorable times of your life that food was somehow involved. And if you weren't in your home, you were more than likely in a restaurant or bar and, and you know, sharing a meal, sharing experiences, and that's what we've got to preserve. And so that's what Senator Wicker knew and saw and fought for, and that's what both sides of the aisle – I mean, in these contentious political times, it, it may be the most we've ever seen, or at least in my lifetime, certainly, when you've got both sides coming together over an issue, you know, there, there's got to be some validity to it. We couldn't move um, Rubio in a small business committee. Uh, PPP was kind of his idea, and I think he wanted to put all the eggs in that basket. Another version of that, and so that, yeah. that's what happened there. But, but we're about to jump back on board and, and start fighting this fight again. Uh, they'll be reintroducing the Restaurants Act, and I know Senator Wicker will be leading the charge again, and we'll get – both sides involved, and hopefully we can push this thing through and, and make sure that 85 percent of our restaurants that are remaining, you know, don't close because that's what we're looking at. Real quickly, as we wrap up, Robert, how how have you personally grown? I mean, like really quickly. Sorry, we're kind of bumping up against the, the break, yeah. but um, no how have you grown this year? No. I think I have grown in that, you know, I think I've always appreciated the, the small things and the little things. And I've been a huge component of, you know, faith, family, friends, food, and fun. And, and I think those principles that I hold so dear have really been kind of re-upped during this past yeah. year. And the time I've spent with my family and trying to take care of uh, the people I feel responsible for at work. Uh, has just really stepped up, and I'm, I'm, I'm not about to give up. We're, we're going to keep chugging along. Well, let me know how we can help, Robert, anytime, because, you know, you, you bring so much to Mississippi, and you've given so much, and I appreciate you taking the time today to talk to us. You're a good man, Marshall. Good talking to you. Come, come eat with us. All righty. Sounds good. It's time for us to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll continue our discussion with restaurateur Jeff Good. So the phone lines are open, so you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And tell us what you've learned in 2020 and what your resolutions are for this coming year. Hey, stay tuned. There's more to come. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
MPB Think Radio. Whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Natchez, Jackson, Tupelo, Cleveland. However you want. Radio, smart speaker, smartphone app. MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for listening. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. If you're just tuning in, we've been discussing what we've learned in 2020 and what our resolutions are for the new year with guests. We've had Robert St. John on. Jeff Good's going to be joining us right now, and Jerry Mitchell is upcoming. So the phone lines are open, and if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Now we're going to welcome our next guest to the show right now. He's the man about town. Uh, Good friend, Jeff Good. Glad to have you back on the show. Uh, You know, we were just talking to Robert, and you know, I remember when he was on in March, and I remember when you were on about that time too. It seems like that was about three minutes ago. So I figured I'd have you back on and just say Happy New Year. We made it this far. Thank you. Uh, three minutes and, and, and 3,000 years in some ways. It, it's, been, yes. it's been quite a, quite a, quite a year, and I, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, putting me behind Robert St. John, I mean, you know, Tom Cruise <laughs> exits the stage, and here comes a roadie up to, to, to take over. But uh, Robert is, a, is a, an ex- extraordinary um, gentleman and a great business person and a, and a passionate advocate for our industry. So um, he he said it all um, um, regarding uh, the, the the issue with with our industry. I'm I'm very thankful that um, through all of the existing you know the the, the stimulus that did come out and uh, and 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 the you know just the the generosity of our public here in in Jackson that we have been able to continue forward and navigate. And uh, and learn and really kind of coalesce around each other. You know, the, this this turning of the page of a calendar does make you start thinking about things. And I think the you know one of the major things I've learned is that um, people people really want to work and they want to be, they want to belong to a organization where there's meaning. Um, and you know, I've, I've heard so many business people kind of you know or or, or just folks in general complain about the the unemployment stipend and the amount of money that was that was the folks were making to be out of work, which they were out of work by the way, to no fault of their own. I mean, they were like, right. oh, um, and 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 that it, you know people were just sitting on their couches, you know, just collecting the money. Well, that was not my experience. When we started to open back up, and we uh, after the the mandatory shutdown, so the end of April, we're inviting people back to work. Um, Everyone wanted that 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 relationship, and and they were coming into a situation where we had to, you know, we're wearing masks, we were doing all sorts of these 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 extra protocols for staying safe and and trying to stay apart from each other while while serving people, and you know, it was a, an aggressive environment to get into, but they really wanted to 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 work, and that really taught me something that that um, I, I think that we as a as a species were a social, you know, animal. This, you know, work was a way to not be stuck in the house. 
Um, and it was a way to do something that was for others. We were serving other people. We were providing them with some form of normalcy. It reminded me of Katrina. You know, we got our power back on three or four days at Broad Street uh, after the, the storm. And the most touching moment was that seven o'clock throwing open of the door the first day we reopened and how everybody just came out and they just wanted a cup of coffee and a great pastry at Broad Street. And they wanted to see each other and they wanted some air conditioning. <laughs> and we had all of that. So it was a, it was a wonderful thing. So, um, Happy 2021 is what I uh, what I can say. Let's let's forward together. You know, um, and, and you know, so much of your artwork, Marshall, is is those those moments of of you know chainsaws and casseroles, as you say, you know, working together. And, and I'm a big believer that we're stronger together. I, I agree with you 100. percent I think we didn't realize how social we truly were until we couldn't feel like we could go to the, our favorite restaurant and sit down and have a good meal with a group of friends and be able to share stories. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like the virus has made the world so small. And I, and I think about that because March, I would literally would drive a thousand miles in a day and not think anything of it. Now, if I drive downtown, I'm exhausted and it's just made everything so small. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. It really is. It's like, but this at the same time, I, I love my house and Robert and I were talking about how nice it's been to be around our family. But if I actually run into somebody who's not my family, I talk way too much. It's kind of like my dog has gotten to the point where she's sick of hearing me talk to her. I, I just love, love to run into people. And, and I think, you know, looking at, you know, my 2020 and, and what I've learned from it, you know, I mean, I've learned number one, that even though we're at the age where you feel like maybe you should be doing a little bit less than you used to do now is the time when we really have to change. And I was going to ask, cause I know you, you struggled cause you were not only trying to keep a business afloat, but you were trying to obviously take care of your employees. You're trying yeah. to take care of your family, your business. And that's, that's a lot of pressure on one person's shoulder. What were some of the ways that you coped to be able to get through that time when the world got smaller? Well, you know, um, Marshall, I'm part of the recovery community. About 23 years ago, um, I, I had my last uh, drink after, you know, a, a pullover by JPD in front of the Waffle House on I-55 after I was at a an event and I'd had a few too many scotches. So um, part of the, the recovery community is, um, is, is, is talking, you know, they, they, just like everybody else, you know, meetings went to zoom and, and um, you know, the, the ability to have um, um, a, a tribe to be able to connect to and be able to share um, um, deepest, dark thoughts uh, is, is really important. Um, I think that, you know, I have a lot of friends that are therapists, um, uh, know a lot of people there, you know, <laughs> talk about the case shape recovery that people talk about. If you're in the therapy business, you know, it is, <laughs> it is extraordinary. And, and they, yeah. and, and God bless them. Can you imagine eight hours a day out in, in 45 or 50 minute slots, having people pour out the, the contents of their stress and, and concern and look to you for solving it? Um, yeah. it, it, you know, so, so I think that, that I, there's no shame in, in seeking help. And I, I would hope that people would never demonize anyone who, who went for marriage counseling or individual counseling or something like that. That I think that this idea about the humanness of our being able to talk to each other, frankly, um, you know, these are the, so, so when, when I have all of this weight on my shoulders, how do I un, undo that weight? Well, I'm trying to, I've really made some attempts to try to be more connected to my 
my wife of, of 34 years. And I've tried to be more, you know, mindful of my relationship with my kids. And I've tried to be more relation, uh, dealing with issues at work with my business partner. I'm, I've got two spouses. I've been married to my business partner almost as long as I've been married to my wife. I mean, it's, it, there, there's a lot of dynamics in my wife, life. And, you know, the one thing that maybe has kept me sane more than anything else is this group of, of 16 or 17 men who um, are all part of this email, this, this uh, text chain I have, which is a golf text chain, and the ability to go out and play golf outside, socially distanced, walking with, with my clubs, learning the game, and having a chance for four hours to completely unplug and do something that is a challenge that I, I'm not very good at, but is a, um, a complete reset of um, – of the day. And I don't, I can't play what much, you know, work gets in the way. Um, I know you run. Um, I never was a runner. So that idea about just unplugging and having that experience, it just, you know, it just means an awful lot. So I've had a lot of good friends come out and kind of, you know, surround me. And I've tried to do the same thing and to return is just try to surround others. You're, you're right. And talk about the, the stigma behind going to see somebody. I mean, that'd be like there being a stigma if you're having a heart attack going to see a cardiologist, you know, I mean, it's, exactly. if, if, if your brain's not working perfectly, it's kind of nice to talk to somebody who understands how the brain works. That tends to help. L let's talk about 2021. Cause we're coming up and I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of treading water in 2020, just making sure you keep your head and the business up above the surface. And I think you did a masterful job to be honest with you, but Thank you. Uh, obviously I know 2021, there's probably some growth ideas that you have. There's probably some other ideas to be able to, to make sure that y'all are around for 2022. Well, we will be, we will be uh, moving. Um, um, so, so let me, let me, let me be, be clear on this. That, okay. Um, our number one goal was to make it to May. That we that that, that we all we, I've been thinking about this for months. Is is looking at the, the 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 way that the virus is moving and looking at the way things are happening. That the goal was to be able to pivot and make uh, make it to May. Um, and we're and that's and we're set for that. And we know that that's that's going to happen for us. And so if you look at that and you say, well, then what's next? What is what is you know if, if we come through this. How do we how do we fully you know manifest into the future and, and, and business is about growth and, and health so what we're doing is we are um, addressing the issue that that we are at the end of our lease at Salamakis and Jackson at the Fondren location and that was coming up you know that's a calendar that was in place in 14 years there as of March 31st that will be our, our the end of our lease we decided not to renew our lease and to start looking at, at options. I'm very thankful that that even during all of this craziness that we were able to be clear-eyed and and have conversations with potential locations um, and and landlords that were understanding that you know this is where we are this is what's going on etc. So we have um, landed upon, decided upon, and signed a, a, a location. I will let everyone in the listening audience know. I'm not we're not quite ready to unveil. We will in a couple weeks, but I'll let everyone know you're going to be thrilled with the with the decision. Um, you all know that I'm a big Jackson supporter, that, that this town means so much to me, and especially, you know, in the, in, in, as we look at some of the negative things that happen around the, the town with, you know, <laughs> New Year's Eve, you know, the, uh, 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 bo boisterous behavior, um, I think it's really important that we continue to build out the value and the, the excitement of what it is to be in an in a urban setting and have um, 
divertisements that can you know make this the arts and entertainment you know capital of the of the of the state. We need to be the cultural capital of the state, and I don't I don't want to ever see that. We've been very blessed. Robert talked about um, developing people in the restaurant business. We have a couple that is a 100% owner of their own restaurant, Salamukis in Madison, because they were with us for five years and they were extraordinary and they wanted to own their own restaurant. And so we helped them figure that out. Of course, they signed their lease on February the 1st and next month there's a pandemic, but they got open and it's really a blessing to see that. That taught me that there's a, there, there are ways to have green growth within a landscape of negativity. So I think for us, Marshall, that the 2021 story is going to be um, the new manifestation of Salamukis, and I think that the public is going to be thrilled when they learn where, and then when you when you really learn how we're going to take this brand and take it, to use an Emerald Lagasse, take it up a notch, we're we're going to really engage people with for the next you know couple of decades with Salamukis New York Pizza and Ice Cream Joint in Jackson, Mississippi. When we're uh, off the air talking sometime, I'll have to tell you about an incredibly positive customer service experience I had at the Madison Salon Mookies and uh, was very impressed. But, you know, talking with Robert and talking with you, one of the things I, I guess I admire about both of you is I think you completely understand the most important part about business, and that is the fact that you give back to the community. And, and I think that that's probably played a big part in the in the fact that even though you've had to belt tighten and you've been through some tough times, the community also has rallied around you. And, and I yes. have been very inspired how people on social media and everything else like, okay, now we're going to go get some bread or we're going to go do this and the other, because I think they feel like, you know what, Jeff's given a lot to us. It's time for us to give something back. The George Bailey moments over and over again, I use that example of it's a wonderful life. It's, it's, you know, I, I just can't tell you how many times I felt like the, you know, I was at the end of the rope, and all of a sudden, somebody walked in with a basket full of one-dollar bills. You know, laundry baskets poured it on the table. It's just like you know, and it's it's one-dollar bills, but one-dollar bills add up. We're um, yeah. we're, we're excited, and 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 Robert, we uh, Robert <laughs> Marshall, we got Robert in the line. Marshall, Happens all the forward, time. We yeah, really. Uh, we look forward <laughs> to um um, we look forward to the reopening of Refill Cafe, which is the nonprofit um there on the the uh, Robert Smith Parkway, which is also known as the JSU Parkway there in West Jackson, yeah. just over Gallatin Street. That will reopen as soon as the, the, the pandemic is, is kind of behind us. Um, folks will have the chance to have that, lo- that wonderful meal experience um, and engage with those young folks that are, that are trying to learn their way into the workplace. So um, um, can't wait. It's going to be great. Any final thoughts before we go? Thank you for what you do. Uh, thank you for who oh, you thanks. are and what you do for our community. You are uh, you're omni uh, you're omnis, uh, omnipresent. You're you know every time you turn around you're 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 you seem to be right there. You know my my Facebook memories uh, brought up the uh, um, the George and Barbara Bush um, cartoons that you you had uh, drawn um, um, and the reuniting with Robin and all that. It's just you know you are just you know you're a gift. So keep on keeping yeah. on, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today, and we'll catch up soon. Well, thank you, and um, uh, thank you to all the, the Mississippi Public Radio family, um, even Felder. <laughs> oh, care. no, we, we love Felder. He's definitely too, a friend of the much. show. So anyway, talk to you later. It's time for us to take our final break, and when we return, we're going to wrap up the show with award-winning journalist and investigative reporter and a former co-worker of mine, Jerry Mitchell. And there's still time for you to join in on the conversation. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. 
This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I am editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist at Mississippi Today. Today, we've been reflecting on what we've learned from 2020 and what we want out of 2021. We've had, of course, guest restaurateurs Robert St. John and Jeff Good on. And I'd like to talk about a little bit about oh, 2020 and some of your challenges and some of your resolutions for 2021. So you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And now we're going to welcome our final guest on the show. We've been talking about change with the restaurant business. Our next guest knows a lot about the change in the media business. Uh, He and I are kind of fellow travelers in that respect. A longtime award-winning journalist and investigative reporter. And I'm going to say I've worked with Jerry for a long time. Consider him a friend. Glad that he's on the show. Mr. Jerry Mitchell, how are you, my friend? Glad it's 2021. Amen. I mean, it was like literally crossing some kind of imaginary marathon finish line uh, when we got to it. Not that necessarily all of our problems went away, but it just seemed like, yeah. oh, thank goodness. We got through it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, we've got plenty of challenges ahead, but hopefully uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see where we go from here. You know, um, I guess last time we talked, you know, you, you'd launched your book. Congratulations. It has done well. I mean, it's been very highly well reviewed and it's ended up on a lot of best lists and it's just a great read. And, and congratulations on that. Of course, you can't go do a book tour when you can't, you know, obviously, you know, have to stay six feet away from everybody. It's kind of hard to sign a book. Um, and of course, exactly. you two were starting a business. So, I mean, 2020 provided you a lot of challenges, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The book and which the book tour, which got halted, you know, about mid, you know, I guess I got done with my national part of my tour, but then I had a bunch more stops. So March, you know, by early shut down and I was going to go through well, much of 2020, to be honest with you. And, um, and I am running a nonprofit, the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, which uh, we've been real tickled about the work we've been able to do, the project that I'm uh, real pleased with, we just got done with, it's called Poverty in the Pandemic. We kind of looked at um, the most impoverished places in Mississippi and how they were dealing with the pandemic and, you know, what what's life look like there in these places. So, you know, you have um, the Choctaw Reservation, for example, and more more Choctaws died of COVID than died in, in of COVID in some states. So that was just, it's you know, it's, it's just interesting how you go out and you go to different places and finding things out. As you well know, um, I know you go around a lot in Mississippi, so it's 
it's a good thing to do. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you and I both have been in the media business for a long time and watched the changes. I remember when I first went to the Clarion Ledger, when I started there, I guess in 96, there was, you know, like 100 people in the newsroom and there was eight people yeah, in the man. editorial department. And now, you know, I mean, they've had to cut back. A lot of newspapers oh, around the country have had to cut back. And, you know, you, exactly. what the work you're doing is, is really helping out because you're able to fill in some gaps. And I know the same way here with us with Mississippi Today, but as the media is exactly. busy, uh, busy changing, what are some of the things that you did in the last year to adapt to, to the changes that we've faced? Well, you know, we're, we're in a nonprofit business, so obviously we're looking to foundations and people that they can help us, you know, continue our mission. And so, like, we got the Pulitzer Center to uh, back our uh, back our uh, poverty and pandemic project, which was great, and they helped us out with that. And then we've got um, Mississippi Today and the Clarion Ledger and Mississippi Public Broadcasting and um, Jackson Advocate are all combining for this new Microsoft pilot project for 2021. So we're looking forward to that as well um, as we're working together on, on some projects, which will be exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. And, I, you know, it's, it's one thing I've noticed, the model has changed from competition to, to actually working together. And, I, and I'm kind of excited exactly. about that, to be honest with you, because in Mississippi, the, the media has always kind of been a family anyway. So it's kind of nice to be able to work together on some of these, these issues that just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean that there's any less uh, news outside of the pandemic. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And as this year, past year, has kind of reminded us, to be honest, we think about it you know, more nationally and more globally. I mean, um, you know, we keep repeating our history. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I think be, be, because it seems like we failed to learn our history, you know what I mean? I mean, we, uh, you know, a little over 100 years ago, we had the, you know, the flu, the flu pandemic, you know, that killed millions. And it doesn't seem like we learned much from 100 years ago, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just very fascinating. Um, and then, of course, our, our racial reckoning, I guess you could say, over this past year, that um, same kind of thing. You, you just feel like we, we keep repeating our history because we, we don't know it, you know? You know, that, that was the thing about the virus, Jerry, that it, it seemed like um, it was literally like the scene in Wizard of Oz where Toto pulls back the curtain. The virus seemed to strip back the mm -hmm. curtain on not only us as individuals, but also our institutions and who we are. And, exactly. and you know, it, and I don't know if it's because we were under more stress or because it just basically said, you know what, we may not make it through this year. I'm going to live a better life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I mean, it pulled back the curtain on, for example, our healthcare system. The, 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 in Mississippi, for example, we, we just have a lot of holes in our healthcare system. You know, there are a lot of uninsured people in Mississippi. Um, and, and, and so, and then healthcare access, you, you've got all these rural hospitals you know, that have closed. And so people, you know, may have to drive an hour, hour and a half, two hours to get the kind of medical care they need. Well, that's kind of frightening, you know, uh, to think that you've got to drive, you have a stroke or you have a heart attack or something like that. You've got to travel that far. Um, you know, obviously it's life threatening as well. 
And we're also going to end up, like, you know, I mean, it's the stress that it has put on a system, like yeah. you said, that was pretty fragile to begin with when you've got, you know, every ICU bed full and people having to recycle PPE and so forth. So I'm very thankful that people are able to get get our healthcare workers are now at least getting shots as slowly as everything is unfolding. Yeah. At least we're getting that far. Yeah, yeah, and you make a good point about, you know, you look at places like UMC where, um, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're literally having to create new beds and they're doing what I mean, uh, right. to be able to handle all the people that are coming in the doors. And then the other part of that is everybody else has had to kind of put their health care on hold. Let's say people have, uh, you know, uh, certain health issues. They really are kind of having to put those on hold right now, which obviously there are some dangers to that. So, so we'll see what happens over time. Hopefully uh, we can be these beds will, although it doesn't look like anytime soon, but hopefully these beds at some point will begin to kind of clear up so that we can, you know, there are all these other health care needs that people have, and, and that those need to be taken care of as well. Jerry, uh, obviously in the last year, I know I, I've sat down and kind of scribbled out a few things I learned from the year, and uh, and I was kind of shocked by some of them, to be honest with you. As, as old as I am, I figured I probably would have known them by now. Talk about a little bit of some of the things that maybe you learned from the past year, and what are your some of your resolutions for 2021? Well, I think some of the things I've, I've learned is, um, we just as I said, we unfortunately, we, we I think we need to do a better job of teaching history. You know, I, I think that what I, I know that having people read my book, I, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've heard from who said, I never knew this. And I even had one woman from Georgia, a 66 year old white woman from Georgia, write me and say, I'm ashamed I never knew this. And so I think we, we have to learn uh, – to be able to move forward, I think we have to understand our painful past. And, you know, that helps to give us an honest present and, and a more vibrant future, obviously. So we need that. And, and I think uh, the other thing 2020 uh, has taught me, I think, is um, – or reminded me of, I guess. That's not something I didn't already know, is – the, the desperate need for humility, both personally and, um, you know, as a country, uh, as a world, um, the real value of humility, I think it's something that we don't talk about much, um, but it really is, there's real value to that and realizing that we have so much to learn as opposed to thinking that we know it all, um, so I think that was a 2020. If it wasn't, it was definitely a reminder. Of that. <laughs> it was very humbling. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Cause it, yeah, I yeah. you know, and I think about, you know, my situation, I just tried to throw myself into what I knew and some of it didn't work. And it was, it was very mm -hmm. humbling to say, Oh, okay, I'm going to have to rethink this and redo some things. And, and I think you're right. Yeah. And you're definitely right about the history because if we come into this with different sets of facts, there's no way we can have an honest discussion. I think that's the key is we've got to agree on facts. I mean, I think that's that's where we have to go back to. We've got to go back to facts and, and, and go from there. Obviously, people can have different opinions with regard to facts, and that's fine. But you can't, you can't have different groups of people all having their own set of facts, quote, unquote. 
you know what I mean, well, that are not really facts, you know, <laughs> that are like really more opinion or speculation or whatever you want to call it. Well, Jerry, I wish you all the luck for 2021. Thank you well, thank for you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, good to talk to you. We'll catch up soon, I hope, as well. well thanks, Mark. Well, wanna... Thanks for having yeah. me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us today, and thank our guests, restaurateurs Robert St. John, Jeff Good, and, of course, award-winning journalist and investigative reporter Jerry Mitchell for sharing their stories with us. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast at mpbonline.org. Now You're Talking is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell is coming up next. So join us next week at 10. We're going to have more conversations. We're going to get 2021 started off right. This is